Hi loves, it's Alana here and I'm really excited for you to listen to this interview I did with Amanda Francis, the money queen. She is all about positive mindset and confidence. She really specializes in how to improve your financial success, but it turns out she's also a bunny. She's done the tubey mindset, she's lost weight, she's understood how to eat healthy, and she really talks so much and gives amazing advice all about resiliency and staying with it and being optimistic and real and hardworking. And I really enjoyed our conversation. I hope you do too. So here goes my first interview on this podcast with Amanda Francis. I'm so excited. I know how nice. We finally got to do something or get to do something. I'm literally like out of my mind excited for this, Amanda. Thank you so much. This is such a big honor. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is a new podcast and you're my first guest and I'm blown away. Stop it. So good. Happy to pop your podcast cherry. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so excited. Okay, so uh, I can we just j- dive right in? You ready? Yeah. Have you pressed record? Are we good? Yeah. Okay. We are recording. We are ready to go. And, and let's do it. So, Amanda, I've been such a fan of yours for so long. I think I subscribed to your own podcast probably two years ago. I love listening to you. Your confidence is extraordinary. And I want to dive right in, but just in case uh, someone's listening and they don't yet know who you are, can you give just a brief background on who you are and what it is that you do so great? Um, I'm Amanda Francis. I'm commonly in my audience known as the Money Queen. I own an online education company in the personal development space. I teach courses on internet marketing and online branding and online content creation, but I'm most known for my content on financial empowerment. Definitely, definitely. And certainly on how mindset pertains to acquiring financial wealth, which is such a fascinating spin that you take on all of it. Well, yeah, it's not, I mean, it is mindset. Mindset's a huge part of it, but it's like, I don't know. I think and I think anyone who just checks in with themselves can know this to be true, that how we think about ourselves and how we perceive ourselves and what we believe is possible for us and what we feel worthy of is informing how we behave all day, every day. You know what I mean? Like how Absolutely. we talk to people, how we put things out there, what we go for and don't go for. So it's not shocking that what you think would inform what you believe and what you would believe would inform how you behave and how you behave informs what you get, you know? Right. I love that line, which is like, uh, your thoughts shape your words, your words shape your actions, your actions shape your results. So yeah. And I would take it deeper to say that the results you create over and over create your patterns and your patterns create how you believe the world works for you. And then how the world works for you, you start referring to as like fate or destiny when it was just something you made up all along. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the whole start of my book, I I tell people like, don't even just don't even start reading it. The whole first chapter is like, don't start reading it until you say over and over and over again, 
I can lose weight. I will lose weight because I care to lose weight and repeat yeah. it. That you can and that you will because, you know, so many people, they start things, whether it's a company or an endeavor or a weight loss journey, and they don't really inherently believe deep down that it's even possible. And so they can get the tools, they can get the education, but it doesn't really stick. It doesn't really last because it it does take that mindset piece. So I love that you have that methodology and anyone who doesn't already listen to Amanda and is interested in becoming more financially successful. I mean, I definitely recommend checking you out, but I want to, uh, I, I got word that you, um, that you did the two, the two mindset and I want to get there. But from the start, I think it's funny just hearing us speak for anyone who knows either of us, because we're both, we're both uh, after helping people become more comfortable with achieving their goals. And I think it's that one, mm. that, that first step of being comfortable, taking the risk, being vulnerable to action, uh, you know, being vulnerable enough to say that you do care to be financially successful and you want it. But at the same time, like I tell people not to be afraid of the scale. I'm a big fan of using the scale. I use the scale in order to lose my weight. But so many people are terrified of the scale. And it's something that I don't really understand because it's been such a important, I mean, I do understand. I definitely understand. But it's something that from my perspective, it's scarier to avoid the scale than it is to just know what's happening. But for, but for me, when it comes to finan- like finances, I might be so scared. Like I don't like looking at my credit card bills, even though I'm frugal, even though I'm responsible and I'm conservative and I'm not someone who's just you know, a wild spender or something. When it comes to finances, I have those same fears where I don't want to look at my finances or my bank account some months. And it, it, it like my finances, looking at my PNL reports, they do give me that anxiety. I think people feel about the scale. Um, yeah. What do well, you say about that? Well, I think for either, you know, if we stop making the scale or the online banking or the credit card uh, statement or whatever, if we stop making that mean anything about who we are and what we get to have and what our future will be like, then it, then we can look at it. You know, like uh, the problem with numbers of all kinds is only when we make them mean something they don't mean. So I, when I think about financial numbers, I'm like, this is just an indicator of what you believe you could have, what you believed was possible for you, what you went for in life up until this time. The scale is only an indicator of how you ate, how you moved your body and what you believed about your life and your fitness and your ability to have a hotness or whatever up until now. They are all only indicators of what's going on, you know, but when we make them mean that we're failures or that something is or isn't working, it starts feeling a lot more intense and a lot more intimidating. You know what I mean? So it gets to be emotionless feedback, you know, just something to observe and look at as an indicator, you know? Yeah. And it's, you know, they're so, they're so similar, you know, these numbers that, that we give too much power to, and we, you know, you have to go on them and approach them with a state of objectivity, but it's hard. It does. It can wrap your emotions. And I love what you said. You have to first accept the fact that these numbers aren't an indicator of your self-worth and your being. It's kind of like your past actions, but it doesn't necessarily have to dictate what you do in anything you are as a person. Totally. And what you get to have, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. So tell me about, tell me about what you know about to be mindset, because it, it literally, I think you are 
one of the most uh, prominent people, um, or you know, one of the biggest uh, role models I have and I look up to who actually know about the program and have the program. I mean, I'm so honored. Uh, so tell me what your experience with Superman. I don't even know. I'm learning here now. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what I think is so funny? I think we must have been finding each other at the same time, right? Because um, two of my friends, okay, so one of my good friends has been in Beachbody for years and years and years and years. Her and I have created programs together. She is one of, she's one of my affiliate partners who promotes my course, her audience, whatever. So she was doing 2B Mindset. And she was like, why don't you just fucking do it? Like, I think you'll like it. She's like, you're so, you're so all about the mindset. Like, why, like, why not? Was kind of her suggestion. And then my good friend, Kara, who um, is an author, a self-help book author, but jumped on 2B Mindset, had incredible results and signed up like thousands of people. So that, so this is all going on in my world. Like everyone knows you, everyone's doing your shit. This is what's happening in my <laughs> world. I'm living in Malibu, like I'm trying to think what year this was. This had to be early 2018 or so, yeah. you know, so like, I don't know. My company's doing well. I have quite a bit of success at this time, whatever. I think it's, so at some point I DM'd you and I was like showing you something either. No, I just, I put something on my Insta story and I tagged you. And it was showing you either like a meal or something from my mindset journal that day or like whatever. And then I like, I think you never saw it, which makes sense because you had had so many people enrolling in that program at once when it first launched. It had to have been like crazy because Beachbody is a huge organization. But it kills me that I don't see some of these amazing DMs because I I mean, we could have had these conversations so much sooner, but yeah. I know. So (laughs) I I actually have a person who her whole job is just to do Instagram DMs because it is a full-time job, you know, with like customer support for my business. Anyway, that's a whole different story. So anyway, I think I had reached out to you. And then at some point you must've started following me, not knowing I already knew you. And then I think like two years go by and you're like messaging me like, you're just telling me something about how much you love me. And then you're like, wait, how did I never see this message? And I'm like, this is so funny. I've no, I like have known who you are for like ever. <laughs> oh my goodness. So did you have weight to lose with the 2B mindset? Okay. Or- yep. Now let's go back to the program. Sorry. I just think that yes. story is funny that we're finding each other at the same time, not realizing we know each other. I just I think know. it's cute. It's, it's a, it's a smaller world of, of self-improvement than you'd, you'd think. But I, I love it because I mean, I'm constantly learning. So and I love to find good influential people to get recommendations from. So that's how I found you. And then likewise. So it's good yeah, that, no, it's it's good so that we good. ran into each other. So yeah, did you At have right time. Okay, yeah. So let me talk about the program now. So what I really loved about it is you made it so simple and logical and obvious, right? Like you, like you, you broke that down. You broke that shit down at such a, a good basic level not basic, like I felt like I, not like I felt like I was being spoken down to at all. I mean, basic, like anyone can grasp it because it just makes sense. And the other thing I really liked about it, and that's what I do for money, right? Like money feels so complicated to people all day long. And then they listen to me a bit and they're like, oh, you just made money really easy. And I'm like, well, because money is easy and I understand it. And I've helped a lot of people with it. So I just understand it more and more. So, and then one of the other things I really, really liked about it is everything you taught in that program had mirrored my whole journey. Like I shared with you a little bit the other day when I texted you, like I lost 30 pounds in college. Like, I don't know, that had to have been like 2009 or so. And it was like a simple, simple, logical way of doing it. Like, wait, sugar, like sugar doesn't feel so good in my body, but fruit seems to feel pretty good and fruit tastes good. 
what if I start with fruit? Like it was a logical thing. Like, mm-hmm. wait, if I don't have enough carbs and my, and at lunch, I don't have the energy for my workout. Interesting. So as you were breaking it down on the plate of like in the morning, you know, make sure you have protein and fiber and then make sure you have protein, fiber, carbs, or like, you know, your whole yeah, like yeah. system. I was like, yes, that is true. Yes, that makes sense. This is what we've all been trying to figure out intuitively all along. And then you just said it so clearly. You know yeah, what I, I mean? It takes like knowing things in a complex form to be able to say it simply, you know? Usually oh, that's a beautiful way to say it. Yeah, totally. Sometimes totally. people use like a lot of big words and, and they go around and it's, it's actually a sign of insecurity that they don't really know how to explain it. So they're, they're kind of jumbling on their words. But if you know something really, really, really well, you should be able to use seventh grade language in order to explain it. So that's why I took, yeah. the, you know, the years to get my degrees and all these things so I could, you know, break it down simply. I, I'm just, I'm so... I feel the exact I, same way. Yeah, I feel, you, I feel totally you, the same way. And you really do the same thing when it comes to career and ambition. I mean, you've said some things that have like lit fires in my mind and just made things so much simpler. But then, but I still have to understand how you get out so much because you do have such an unbelievable network that you work with. It seems like your team is a well-oiled machine. So I definitely, definitely want to get to that because, you know, you say things like, that I can certainly relate to, which is just get things out. Like don't, you know, you don't have to overthink it. Yeah. Like perfection. Like it's done is better than perfect. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so as far as my team being a world machine, it's been, you know, nine years of a lot, a lot of work. And I mindsetted the fuck out of that too, as far as like, I didn't know how to be that supported. I didn't know how to hire and find and train and, 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 choose the right people. I, I would love to ask you a little bit more about that because yeah. as like, as a, mo- like, I mean, uh, the money queen, you know, money mindset, you are incredibly motivating, whether it be your courses, your podcast and beyond, you're incredibly motivating to your end user, your customer, your audience. But how do you keep your team so motivated? I'm really curious to hear about that. So, um, Sometimes with these things, I feel like it's better if I explain it from the place of how it is now and how it feels now, right? Because if you can understand the energy of how it feels and how it functions now, then we can create contrast and you can see what internal shift would need to happen for you to feel, you know what I mean? When you feel the feelings of the result, you create the result sooner. When you like see the, when you see what it looks like once it's obtained, you can tell the difference between what you have now and where you're wanting to go. So, so let you, me start with that. that. Mean, so just so, to understand that, do you, do you like kind of envision having a very well-oiled yes. machine and motivated team and yes. you kind of work backwards? Okay. With every single thing I create in life, it's how would it feel to already have money? What would I be thinking, feeling, and saying if I already had this much amount of money, if this kind of revenue was coming in and being generated? How would it, like, how do I want to be supported? Well, how do I want my team to act and behave? how would I feel? What would I be thinking? What would I be saying? What would I be doing if that was already happening? Because, you know, we create, everything is created inside of ourselves. Nothing we have externally wasn't first created internally, whether we want that to be true or not, or whether we're aware of that's what we're doing all the time or not, you know? So like energy follows thoughts, energy follows words, energy follows, follows emotions, energy follows imagination. 
So anything I have was created by getting clear on where I was going and what feelings and energies would be happening in that experience if I were already there. Does that make sense? That's, I have to interrupt you to say that that's, I think, what makes your, you know, everything you say so much easier to listen to. Because I think if you focus, like even for me, like even just thinking like water first, veggies most, my tagline, like I think people can think, okay, water right there in my sink, like I could start there, but veggies, I have none in my refrigerator right now. Like I can't, I clearly can't even get started. But I love that you say that everything starts with a feeling. It's literally just a feeling and a belief because there's no one who can make an excuse around that. Because well, everyone totally. access that, no matter where you are, no matter how much money you have, no matter yeah. what is going on. Well, yeah, and I think if someone, you know, if someone were to believe that they can be like hot and fit and nourished and believe that that is their birthright and their destiny and decide that's where they're going and embody some of that and even just like ponder in their awareness that that is possible for them, like you're saying, you say in the first chapter of your book, like decide you will lose weight and that is just where you're going in life. Like once you start to kind of play with those energies, then the obstacle of like, fuck, I don't even have the right food. Like it, it, it will probably start to seem a little bit clearer because it's, you've decided it's where you're going. So whether you get a food delivery, start a garden or find yourself at the grocery store, you know, we started internally first so much of the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so true. I, I even say it for myself now. Like, at, you know, I was just like eight months ago in a weight bracket, like two or three pounds down, which is nothing in the scheme of things. But for me, you know, at, around my goal weight, it does make a difference and it's a bracket. And I, I think like energetically, I'm just, it's such a different thing. Like then my yeah. kids were going to school. We didn't have this COVID-19 thing. I had a lot more time to myself. I wasn't eating, you know, like hiding in my bedroom just for a sense of alone time. Like er, like energetically, it's I, I haven't even opened the possibility of being, of being that more lean self right now because I, I'm kind it of. It just like feels impossible in the energetic state you're in, and the yeah, no. And really. it is possible. I just have to. It's totally possible. It. Yeah, to it is totally possible. Um, I've lost nine pounds during quarantine. Okay. Yeah, okay, you did. Let me answer the question. Let me let me answer the question about the team, and we'll we'll hit all all these things. But what does stand out to me is that the way you think of your weight brackets is the way I think of income levels. Like throughout my career, I noticed myself being like, it is time for the next level. And it's not that I necessarily know that that level is between this amount and this amount. It's more just like the amount I believe I can have that feels a bit out of reach, but that where I've, I kind of have decided I'm feeling I'm, I'm going. And it's like, it's like a call to expand that I'm stepping into. And so, like, I think that's how I can play with such big numbers. Like, for anyone who doesn't know me, my company generates, like, between 300 and, well, let me think about, like, the last four months, between 360 dollars and $460,000 a month. So, like, we're playing with bit, a month. We're playing with big numbers. But last year, I was talking about between, like, I don't know, like, high 200s to mid 300s. And the year before that, I was just trying to break into over 200. And then for a while before that, over a year, it was just the 100s. But before I like, I remember when I was just trying to make $3,000 a month. So this isn't like, I just woke up one day, a multimillionaire like this has been 
mindsetting and energy myself into new levels. Yeah. It's like your version of two pounds at a time is like a hundred thousand a month at a time. (laughs) And I love it. Because once you like, once you realize you can double numbers, like the first time I went, I had an $11,000 a month, like uh, February of 2015. And the next month I had 20 and that was nearly doubling. And I remember going, fuck, if I can double, I can double. And if you keep doubling, you're going to play with some insane numbers. But I just decided that doubling wasn't hard. You know what I mean? Like once you decide two pounds isn't hard, you understand that 10 pounds could happen over the next month. You know what I mean? Because two pounds isn't hard. You know, um, I don't don't know if you remember the show, uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I do. Yeah, vaguely. Well, it was was really interesting. I don't know if you've ever heard this, but it, it like totally plays to what you're saying. But there were months and months that went by where like no one was winning at who wants to be a millionaire and every single week or whenever it would come on, everyone would like gather around the TV and watch the show and watch Regis Philbin and see like a Harvard graduate, a Yale graduate, like all these brilliant people fail to win the million dollars. And then it ended up being, I think an accountant who won. And when they asked him like, why did you win? He said, I'm so used to talking in millions. I I work in tens of millions of dollars. I do accounting for huge companies. Like these numbers don't make me sweat. They don't make me nervous. Mm, That is fucking everything. That is a great example. That's exactly how it is. I remember, uh, yeah, like there's been many, many times where I realized I had to normalize a new number. I had to make the new number not that big of a deal. And that was really hard. When I first started making six figures a month, I understood that that was an insane amount of money. I understood it was. And I was kind of freaking out inside that something could go wrong and I could lose it and this and that and the other. And my mentor at the time said to me, you have to realize that to a truly rich person, this is absolutely fucking less nothing. I certainly couldn't live on this, Amanda. And I was like, she's fucking right. You know what I mean? When I make it no big deal, I can play with the next number. I can feel into it. I can look at it. I can imagine it. I can believe it's possible. And until you do, you know, it's like that whole thing. Like you're, it's like, you're almost tying God's hands behind his back when you don't believe, like, how's the universe going to help you achieve something or grant something to you or work with you to create something when you don't believe it's possible? Like your free will is motherfucking powerful. You know, I loved following your stories. Again, this was all before we like came together. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't know. I already knew you. But I was following your Instagram stories so in tunely when you were moving into Beverly Hills and Uh every day you were moving in like gorgeous restoration hardware furniture. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you were just like, yes, this costs a lot of money. Like, yes, (laughs) I took a plunge and I'm buying $12,000 pieces or whatever it was. It was just like gorgeous pieces. And my jaw was on the floor because I grew up very, but I mean, my money mindset, a lot of it is, you know, what you saw your parents do, right? Which is the same way. But, you know, my mom was just spent lots of money she didn't necessarily have. My father always taught me to be really, really frugal, like almost to the point of obnoxious. So it's like, you know, my money mindset, it's definitely tied to emotions and security and stuff like that. So when I saw you take that leap and invest in what you know you deserve and what you earned and what you'll be able to make back. I, I was really, it was really admirable. Thank you. It's, it's weird. And it's, I mean, I got really uncomfortable during that time, honestly, because like, 
there's levels for expansion in this always, like in how much you believe you can earn and how much of what you earn you believe you can like keep and save and have and, and how much you invest and how much you spend. There is always a next level and it is never ending. So it's like, I think I've done something really, really crazy because I drive really great cars or I have a Rolex or I bought myself this house. But then it's like, fuck, it's $400,000 to, to renovate it and furnish it. <laughs> right. I've, but never, I've never done that before. Like that totally freaks me out. So I think there's always a new, I don't know, a, a level of expansion available for all of it, for how hot we think we can be, for how rich we think we can be, you know, how, how yeah. supported we think we can be. It all, it's, it, you kind of, you need to, you need to sometimes put these physical parameters though around you to reinstate your confidence and keep you motivated. Like for instance, one thing that's really important along a weight loss journey are clothing sizes. And it's not really spoken mm, about, but when mm -hmm. you lose nine pounds, you really have to take the clothes that you wore nine pounds ago and you really have to give them away. Like you can't have them around. Because or have them altered. I had several pairs of jeans altered a couple months back. Yeah. It's, so, it's important. Like I tell everyone, yeah. when you get your lowest size, that's when you invest in your clothes because that will keep you wanting to stay at that size. Oh, oh I, yes. No, I agree. I have, this is so good. I have said to friends many times when they were hanging on to clothes that don't fit anymore, stop it because once you lose the weight, you're going to want to buy new ones or whatever it is that Hallmark is. To me, having a bunch of jeans taken in just like right at the hips, right on my belly button was a hallmark of like creating the hourglass shape I wanted. But I think it's those things that like let us mark that we're moving forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you need to, like you, you need yeah, to yeah, yeah, celebrate yeah. those benchmarks. So you actually stay there. So you say when I, dressing. yes. And I don't, that, that is true. And there was many times in my, my financial journey we're buying the bracelet or the watch or the car or the, the Chanel bag or whatever really was a symbol of growth. Really like there's certain pieces of jewelry I have that I look at and I know what they symbolize. This was my first multiple six figure month. This was the Rolex is my first seven figure year. Like I do have things like that. It does matter and mean a lot to me. I think now after doing this a very long time, it's kind of like it all costs a lot of money. Right. And it's all a symbol of growth, but there's less specific markers. Not that, not that I can't continue to create markers. Like we just crossed into eight figures in the lifetime of my business, which wow. is crazy. So I think I need to do like an eight figure year marker, but it's been a, it's been a little while since I've done one of those things, you know? Yeah, um, I, I have a question about, um, I never answered the team question. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, how many people are on your team? Okay, is that the question you were going to ask? Don't yeah, well, your other question. Okay, sure. I mean, in terms of your team, how many people are on it, and and what's do you keep them financially incentivized? Are they on a salary, or do they get a piece of your success as well along the way? Okay, several things to say about team. Okay, one. Here's the energy. Like as I started saying earlier, creating the energy first. Here's the energy of how the team feels now. You have to have a group of people who are all bosses in their own right, meaning they can oversee people, they will get their shit done, they will value they wor the work, they will show up like a boss. Like there's so many virtual assistants and, and people who work in the online space supporting online business owners who are box checkers. They just check a box, check a box, check a box, check a box, never really 
own or value or, or feel responsible for their piece of your company. Does that make sense? But once I got people who were a boss, but viewed me as the ultimate boss, it was like, oh, now we're in the right vibe. And it took a really, really long time. Um, well, everyone kind of oversees a different aspect of. Yeah. And they're responsible for what they do. Like Bondi is a really good example. She's responsible for the YouTube and the podcast. So the best shift I made with that was I went like, okay, as long as I'm responsible for the YouTube, which is our weekly vlog and an email that goes out with the vlog. And now that vlog is also on IGTV. I was like, as long as I'm responsible for that, it's not going to happen every week. It's going to happen when I'm not busy running the company. It's going to happen between launches. It's going to happen between enrollment periods. Like, but when I said, Bondi, this is your baby, you pick out a segment from something I've already created, like a course, a training or whatever, like, so say I record like a 90 minute paid training, like take an eight minute chunk. I was like, once I was like, Bondi, you find the vlog for the week and you come to me and ask me and get me to approve it. Ask me for the title. I'll make the title. You get in touch with the graphic designer, have her make the graphic. You get it transcribed, send me the transcription. I'll use the transcription to write up the email and it'll be done. Once it became that everyone on my team comes to me for what they need from me, instead of me assigning people shit all the live long day, my life got a million times easier. I love it. And I love yeah. that you go against the grain. Like I, you were just little things I picked up from you along the way. I love that you say, you know, your Instagram strategy, which is, it's a beautiful Instagram. If anyone hasn't seen it, um, Amanda Francis, what is it? XO Amanda Francis? XO Amanda Francis, yeah. Yeah, XO Amanda Francis. I love that you say like, you like to do, you know, beautiful pictures, which are beautiful about your travels and your outfits and all that. But then yeah. you use the caption to write like a real, a real bit. It's almost like a whole blog. Yeah. I love that you say like, some people say don't do that. I do it. And I love that mentality of like whatever yeah. is right for you do because it, it is great to read your captions and I thank you to read them all. Um, yeah. Well, I write, I use all of the 222 characters available and it is true that if we're just looking at like Instagram trends and external algorithms or whatever, that's not what you're meant to do there. That's not what it's like for or whatever. But it's just like I connect with people through my writing. So I'm going to share with my writing. And I like editing and doing up pretty images. So I'm going to do that. And like, but there's so many people slaying on Instagram with short captions and ugly images. Like it doesn't really fucking matter. It's just, you have to do the thing that you can get behind that you want to do. If you want to be continually motivated to get it done. You know what I mean? Yeah. And because I'm the one writing the captions and editing the images, like I am still the only, the one in charge of Instagram of the grid. And so like, I have to keep myself in a space where I'm going to want to do it. And those are the things I want to do, you know? Absolutely. I love it. I love it. So, okay. And I just want to say, you know, I, I'm so inspired and I hope everyone listening is, is inspired because, you know, I've had a private practice in Beverly Hills for, you know, almost 10 years now. Like I've seen private clients, you know, I'm always amazed that all my private clients, lots of the time they're older than me. They're incredibly successful. I mean, I've worked with like the number one Coldwell banker realtor in the country, like, you know, wow, just yeah. like big producers and directors and yeah, yeah, really big executives. And they're coming to see me to help them with their nutrition and, and, you know, overall lifestyle. And I'm always amazed, like, wow, like 
these are like CEOs of huge companies. Like they, I, you know, I never am able to disclose or tell people, but I've seen my private practice, some unbelievably impressive people. And I, I I get so humbled by the fact that they are after continued, you know, self-improvement and self-development and which is, and I want like, that's why I look to your podcast. I love different podcasts. I, I read books like I do. Else, and that's why I, I mean, I'm so honored and humbled, but also really impressed by the fact that you did my program as well. <laughs> yeah, totally. And loved it and enjoyed it. Thanks. I, and I, yeah. I see that. Do you see that also like the more successful people, you know, are the ones who are more interested in self-improvement? I think it very, I think I had, I don't know. I, I have so many different thoughts around this. I think I had limiting beliefs for a while that my audience was going to mostly be made up of people who like maybe could barely afford my work, who were just like beginners in either their personal development journey or their business journey or their financial wellness journey or whatever. And like, I, di I didn't really believe I could have big players following me. And I really specifically intentionally changed it. Um, after I, not just after I moved to California, but after I moved to the LA area, like when I moved to Malibu was when I first changed it. And I just went like, you know what? Influential people love my work. Influential people love my work or obsessed with my work or into my work or telling their friends about my work. And since I made that shift and started to say that, that is what happens. People who I already know, already like, already follow, or who my friends tell me are a very big deal will share stuff on their Insta stories or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I think she was on The Bachelor. That's cool, you know, or whatever. And it's like, I, I think that that is a realm of possibility that I'm very much like here for and stepping into that I didn't believe was possible as like a girl from a small town in Oklahoma. Um, that you've probably been playing with that vibration longer but because you had a practice in Beverly Hills. You know what I mean? Right. But you also have, like, you make it open. Like, I mean, I'm the same way. I feel like we both have a whole gamut of ways we can help people, like, free within podcast yes, totally. form and social media form. And then, yeah, yeah, I love my free content and my paid content. And I want to put out more free content than anyone. Like, yeah, it's I mean, super important to me. Whole, yeah. Um, you have a whole meditation that you have. I know that's free. And then you also have like less expensive courses and then bundles. And then it gets more and more expensive to work with you privately. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like I consider my daily Facebook post, my daily Insta stories, my pretty much daily Instagram posts, my weekly vlog, my weekly podcast, um, my weekly IGTV, like all of that's like my free content, my free consistent content. And then um, I'll do like live stream events and things on Facebook that are free. And then trainings start at like $7 and go through like probably $47 and bundles start at like $97 and go through, I don't know, the highest cost bundle is probably like nearly a, nearly a thousand maybe. But then, but you think, see but then courses, sorry, then courses are like from 1000 to 2000. Then mastermind is, I don't want to say this wrong. I think mastermind is 33,000 for six months and wow. private coaching is a hundred thousand for the year. Yeah. And so those clients, the a hundred thousand, you know, dollars, year, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, clearly uh -huh. they're really successful going yeah. into it and they're looking to level up, right? Like you have, yeah. what do you see as common, you know, do you see any differences between those people in terms of their practices, their mindsets at different stages, like how humble they are, how confident they are, anything that you can detract from that? Oh uh, yeah. Like what is the commonalities in my private clients? I love, I love my private clients so much. I just want to say something about that really quick. Like yeah. I really feel like 
I'm, I like, I really like my system, like the tiers or whatever we just explained, because I feel like the trainings, the bundles and the courses, like the bundles will like teach a lot of the mindset things. The courses will teach a lot of the how to step-by-step things. And then once someone is kind of flowing with their minds, their, their actions and their, their internal and external states with how they're like creating money and flowing in their business, then they tend to come to work with me as a private client. And the reason like that seems to work so well is like they don't need handholding anymore. They've already figured it out. Like they understand the business model and the strategy that works for them. They just want access to someone who's already done it. So at that level, it's more about just like having me in your corner for when you need me, for when you have a question, for when you feel confused, for when you're wondering if I've been there because I probably have. Like those people don't even use their weekly calls because they don't need them. You know what I mean? They more need the option to have me available as needed. And they have like a private chat with me where they can just ask me anything every day. And that's like totally a vibe. Um, and I just really love that I finally reached that with private coaching because it went through like many iterations and I, I love the way it works now. But what are the commonalities between my highest level clients? Do you find that most of your highest level clients have done your courses? Yeah. Um, almost all. And I, yeah. I actually see some usually, I mean, it varies, but usually my private clients are like, I'm not doing a course. I want to learn it all from you. Um, and then some it's, you know, it's, I did your course. Now I want the personal tweaking. I want you to understand my kids, my spouse, my job, my everything and help me, you know, manage it and really understand yeah. the inner workings. But I mean, I'm- I get that though, because at my, at like, right, like right now in my life, like I could afford the individual support. So would the course always feel worth my time if I could afford the individual support? Not always, but sometimes it might depend on the course. You know what I mean? So I think with like high, higher level earning people, they just know they have the option to go straight to the source and maybe they don't want the book or the course. Right. But sometimes they might, you know, it just depends. Like, I took your course. I mean, I guess I probably could have just paid you. <laughs> it didn't occur to right. me, you know. Right. My friends are telling me about your course. Um, no, but, but I agree. I mean, that's why I love the option that people can access. And then sometimes the people who do my courses are more successful than my private clients because private clients, like, you know, you, you feel like you can come to me and you can tell me all your personal excuses and you might have, like, uh, I'll understand and I won't push you as hard. And then they come to me and they realize, I'm going to push you even harder. So you just wasted a whole week that you could have been working versus <laughs> people who do the course. It's like they can access it anytime. They can watch, you know, the emotional eating video on Wednesday night when they're feeling emotional. They don't have to wait till, you know, next Thursday to talk to me about it. So it definitely varies. Mm-hmm. I see yeah. private clients are who are, are successful. I usually see you know, they, they're very into self-awareness. You know, they, they, they'll tell me so deeply, like, I was craving this, but I know that that came from my childhood memory of X, Y, and Z. They're usually just like very, they're not scared to mm. open up their emotions in an onion and kind of like get to the source. They, they've done therapy in the past. Like they kind of, they have a, a real sense of self-attunement. I would, yeah, I would say absolutely that's true. And I think for me too, and I think that's because like I could tell you that about eating or, or spending or a money fear or whatever, like I could tell you what was going on under the surface. And I think that's because that's required for successful people. 
like in order to figure out like how to make the best decisions for our business and in order to trust ourselves in those decisions, we have to have been on a journey of like self-awareness. You know what I mean? Yeah, and be able to take criticism and feedback and, and want. And yeah, and be open to outside of like observations, perspectives. Yeah, totally. So I think that makes sense if that's what you see. Okay, Definitely. I think everyone's going to want to know how, why, um, what helped you lose nine pounds in quarantine. Talk to us through it. The biggest differences, whether it's cocktails or restaurant eating, like your mindset, what really pushed you to lose nine pounds? Because you're slim as it is, so nine pounds makes a huge uh, difference. That's probably like a full size in where you are. Totally. Um, nine pounds is crazy. Okay. So let me reflect on the journey a bit. So I told you earlier, I lost like nearly 30 pounds in college. So the, the least I ever, ever, ever weighed when I was my skinniest was probably about like 131. My body will naturally regulate around like 150. 150, I'm not fat. I'm a size six at 150. Like I'm tall. I have a lot of muscle. That's just how my body carries weight. Like I know that's a high number for a lot of girls or whatever, but that's like whatever. No, I think it kind of is. Like most of my friends are like trying to get to 120 and I'm like, that is not even a number we talk about. Anyway, so like, but it's relative. So I think I was hanging out. I was in good shape. I was hanging out around like 145 for a really long time. Like I would say like, during 2B mindset, I got, I would have probably been at 145 and then I got to about like, I mean, I've been at 150 and I got to like 145 and I hung out at 145 for a really long time and it was fine. And I like, I go to my Pilates and I eat mostly healthy and I was living a pretty good life. And then quarantine came and I had gotten up to like 150, not, I, I don't know how, just like, maybe I wasn't paying that much attention. I probably just wasn't paying that much attention to be really honest with you. And so quarantine came and I just felt like I had been given this opportunity. It was so clear to me. I was like, well, you know, if I'm not going out to eat with my friends and we're not ordering 12 appetizers at once, because that's just one of the things we like to do together. Well, how do I want to be eating inside of my house? And I was like, and if I can't go to Equinox and I can't go to my private Pilates and I can't go to all these places I love, what in-home workouts am I going to like really look forward to? And it like, once again, it was just like opportunity central, but like it was blazing, glaring at me. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I love people looking at this time period of like staying in and quarantine and stuff as opportunity. Like, I mean, I think it's just, even in the word choices, if you focus on the words COVID-19 and the government and politics, it like just spirals you into the state of victimhood if you look at this as a time to think opportunity reset like a pivoting and adaptability it just totally changes everything that you can accomplish so i I love that you're yeah what you're saying so what what were the at-home workouts what were the yeah like what's the whole thing so yeah so i was i've been at 141 like the past week which is officially like nine pounds it's quite good and when i look back to my skinniest skinniest looking back all that time ago um, when I got to like, like 131-ish or whatever, um, looking back to then, I don't look muscly. I don't look fit. I, I look skinny. Like I had lost a lot of weight and it was what I wanted to do at the time, but I look skinny. It wasn't and I look now, like your healthiest, best, most attractive. Probably body. not. Yeah. Like I had, like I had what I had done really nice at that time, which I feel like I really learned from and will implement now is I made really good habits eating like at school and at home 
that I carried into every area of my life at that time. I made really good workout habits that I carried even if I was traveling. Like that season of my life taught me a lot about just letting the things that work for you be the things that work for you. So now that we're here, I feel like I'm going to draw on that same like memory of something that worked so well for me. Okay. But what I did is basically this, like I drank water when I first yeah. woke up. Water, more weight loss. Water. I know you've been telling us all along. <laughs> anyway, I drank water when I first woke up. I focused a lot on protein and vegetables, which always goes really well for me. Yeah. I'm not scared of carbs. I just don't do well with some of them. You know what yeah, I mean? I and I, I've, I've always, we're so much less active now. We're so much like, even if you are working out at home, you're not doing as many errands. Like it's You're just- not running around. Yeah. Yeah. So I noticed heavy carbs, like a couple different things would happen. Heavier carbs would make me feel a little indigestion-y and a little burpy and like I wasn't digesting super well. And I was like, well, that's not the vibe. And I also just felt more tired. And I'm like, well, we're not really trying to feel tired. Like I'm at home all day. I want to have as much energy as possible. So that was kind of like an intuitive decision is we're just going to go heavier on fruits, vegetables, and proteins, not be scared of like rice or anything, but you know what I mean? That's just kind of how it's been. But I also, um, that it's the modifying of the thinking, right? Because it's so interesting, you know, how we're going from money to weight, because I, I do really think a lot of them have so many parallels. Um, mm-hmm. One just being that one, like one of the strongest measures are both objective numbers, right? But I always tell like a private client, if you're looking, if you're at 141, you're trying to get to 135, you can't be eating like someone who's 141. You have to kind of be eating and shifting and thinking as someone who's 135. And it's That's so, so what I teach with money. You, yeah, you manifest it from your future self, 100%. Right? Yeah. So someone who's 135 is probably not eating necessarily two big hunks of toast with their morning breakfast. Like, maybe it's two slimmer pieces of toast or one with their egg. Like that's what's satisfying and filling for them. It's if nothing changes, nothing changes. So you kind of have to make these adjustments along the way. And I think quarantine, it does give you that sense because you're not eating with other people. You're kind of like, you have this opportunity to be more self-reflective. Totally. Yeah. A hundred percent. There was just a major opportunity. Yeah. So I'd say more water, more vegetables, when I was doing to be mindset, I remember saying in the Facebook group I was a part of, I was like, you guys, I have a chef. How am I supposed to, because you're teaching us how to cook for ourselves. And I was like, I have a chef and I order in. I was being very, I was being a bit snotty about it actually. And my friends were like, just wait for the later video. She just tells, she tells you how to apply it, apply it to everything. Like chill the fuck out. Um, but what worked really well this time around with the, the chef I'm using, and this isn't like an in-home chef. This is a, a chef who's making food in his kitchen and delivering it to people, is he's making these really great like protein and veggie-based meals and delivering them. And so that's an option I've had in my refrigerator, which is something obviously we could all create by going to the grocery store. But I like that he's like already seasoned and cooked up my vegetables. And I'm just warming them on the stove. There's a level of ease to that, you know? Yeah, I mean, you um, so much also. So it, it, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm, I, yeah, I don't apologize that I've made money and now I, I use it for convenience. That is a convenience yeah, I'm using, using it, it for. Not just for convenience. You're using it for staying fit and healthy and productive. And, and, and feeling good. Yeah, 100%. So I have all of organic orange, you know, meals in my fridge. Before quarantine, he was breaking them down into like little lunches and little dinners, which I like because the portions were like the right size. Now that everyone's at home, he's giving us more like family size things that we have to portion on ourselves, but it's still okay. It just gives me good options. And then I'm keeping pretty plenty of fruit in my fridge. Obviously, I'm an apple person. I like to start the day with an apple. 
or blueberries. That seems really good for like my digestion and also good. Like I'm getting fiber right away. You know, that's always the vibe. Um, and then I have these, I feel like the pre-packaged nutrition shake thingies can be so hit or miss if you don't know how to read ingredients. Um, but I found a couple different brands from air that when you read the ingredients, it's pretty, it's pretty clear. It's like, okay, it has pre pea protein. It has this, it has that the ingredients list is really, really short and it's not full of a bunch of like weird shit. The sugar is pretty low and the protein's pretty high. So So you've been doing a shake. Hum. You've been making a shake in the morning. Well, I haven't been making the shake. I've been doing these pre- these pre-made shake things oh, nice. because I never bought a blender for this house. I know that's not a very good reason, but I really want to get a really great, um, what's it called? Not a Nutribullet, but a, the really nice one. The, um, a Vitamix? I want to get a Vitamix and I feel like I have to really like research it a bit and get the right one. Oh my an investment. So if I want to get one you, I love. Yeah. I'd yeah. always get a Vitamix before a Chanel bag. That's just me. Yeah, send me no, send me the link to the right one. I just need to like buy it. I was reading about them the other night and I was like, Well, is this model better than this model? And I don't it wasn't really a price comparison as much as it was like a wanting to get the one all love forever vibe. It feels like a a thing you don't buy very many times, you know? Anyway, I like I don't think you have to replace a Vitamix very often. I just want to get the best one. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So um so these pre-made shakes are really great. And then fruit, vegetables, protein listening to my body, having more water. And so the rule I had when college, in college when I lost all that weight was you will sweat every day. If you didn't have time to get it done that day, no big deal. You just do it right before bed. I understand that that keeps some people up and they can't do it, but that's never been a problem for me. So I've been somewhat similar to that. Like, Amanda, just get your workout done. It doesn't matter when you do it, just do it before bed with a little more lenience, a little bit more like if I'm really not feeling it, I give myself a bit of a break, but it's still getting done at least like five days a week. <laughs> like it's not a huge, huge break. And um, do you so- see a difference like in losing these nine pounds in having this kind of like reset or eating cleaner or less restaurants? Do you see a difference in the productivity of your work or the business you can create? Um, I think, yeah, I think I like, yes, yes and no. In one sense, when I feel better, when I feel better in my body, when I feel hot, when I feel slim, when I feel good, when I just feel good about myself, I think you can allow that to bleed into every area. Like any area we feel good in, we can allow it to bleed into every other area. And at the same time with money and success, I have it where it's not linked to anything in the sense that I believe I get to be successful just because I do. I get to be rich just because I do. I get to have money just because like those are just things that happen on their own. You know what I mean? I love Um, it. I love that you said that. I love that you said that. I love that you like made sure to weave that in because it is so true. It's like, it's just really how I see it. Yeah. Sure. I could see that when like the scale is down, I'm more excited to, you know, hug my husband or or, like, you know, be intimate or wear a, a hotter outfit or anything like that. But I don't let that determine my ability of making sure that that's possible on any day and that that number doesn't define me and that even when things are bloated or this and that I can wear whatever I want I can pull off whatever I want I can feel however I want so yeah 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 so I mean too much to something yeah no completely so I think I guess it will happen so now so now it's like it's like we're reintegrating back into society just a little bit and that creates an interesting time for me Because like, okay, so for example, all the restaurants and bars near my house 
are making it where you can, you know, walk up and get your food and drink to go. But people are realizing that if you can get drinks to go, you can walk around with your drinks. And I haven't been drinking at all because I don't really like to drink alone. So I've had maybe five drinks over like two months of quarantine. Just like, I don't know, I don't sit around and drink by myself. That's not like my way to relax. So, but now people are like wanting me to take like social distance walks with them and like get drinks and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I'm adding calories back into my life that have been gone. So, which is fine. I'm just like aware. I'm aware that like I now, now is when we integrate all these good things like into real life, not quarantine life, you know? Totally. And then I'm just curious from your perspective from being someone who's such a money and financial advisor consultant, I mean, not like a certified financial advisor, but you do, you advise and you give suggestions and guidance with money and finances uh, for so many people. Like, how are you just like, give us something to think about in terms of this COVID-19, you know, stock market, so much job loss, like what recommendations and advice would you give people to hang on to? So much. There's so many different things to say about so many things. So one thing I know for sure is that like the economy was never our source. The, The stock market was never our source. Like our ability to earn and attract and receive money was never dependent on anything outside of ourselves ever. And it's, that's really easy to understand and believe when you've been working these principles for a long time. And it's really hard to believe and it seems untrue when you haven't been. But there's a lot, a lot of people in my courses, some who work for themselves, some who, you know, have an employer who are still thriving right now. And they're DMing me every day with an idea of something they had to do or sell online or their employer surprising them with finding a way to pay them for work at home or giving them a bonus or paying them even though they're not working or whatever. Like I just keep getting report after report after report that as people chose to believe that they could still have beautiful, abundant lives. And as they decided what was possible for them, there were ways to still do the things. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's just, it's been countless from people, of course, you know, making masks and making hand sanitizers. I think we've been hearing a lot about that, but I have a client who owns salons who was selling her get your fake nails off yourself kits. Um, my I don't think I'm ever going to get a manicure anymore. I love my press on nails. (laughs) I have really great glue on nails right now. I mean, I mean, I love my nail lady. So, I mean, I want to continue to support her. I definitely want to get pedicures and probably manicures too, but I've been super impressed and I've definitely been getting fed like Instagram ads and, and so forth from really savvy companies in the DIY beauty space. So I give them all a lot of credit. Totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, I think here's the biggest difference. When you believe that this is a world of unlimited and endless opportunities for unlimited wealth, when you believe that that is a truth, then you look at the world differently and you see opportunities and you believe in possibilities coming to you. When you don't believe it's possible, you just can't fucking see it. So it's easy to look at certain people and just say that they're special or that, you know, things always work out for them or that something's being handed to them. But usually when you look at all of our lives, we were getting what we thought was possible for us. And what, and like we said at the beginning of the call, the patterns that we created with what we thought and believed and imagined and expected over our entire lives, you know? So it's like, it's, it would be really, it's really easy to go into victim or doom and gloom or like poor old pitiful me vibes, especially when the world is falling apart right now 
but it just isn't the only option. That's right. like what um, I would want people to think about, you know? Yeah. And I definitely recommend uh, everyone check out Amanda. Amanda, where can people find you? Where do you recommend people begin um, in terms of like learning from you, how to get a business off the ground, how to get an idea into fruition? And make- oh my gosh. Where do we want to have them start? That's such a great question. Okay. Um, so I'm at, first of all, I'm XO Amanda Francis on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok, on Twitter, on all of them. So you can find me at XO Amanda Francis, F-R-N-C-E-S. If you want to jump into some like really good free content, um, if you go to amandafrancis.com slash money, there's, it will, you'll opt into a page of what I call money manifesting resources. It's just several old trainings and videos and meditations and what have you around money that have been like gathered over the years that you can just opt into for free. When you do that, you'll also get a coupon code to my course on money the next time it opens. So that's one option. Um, We also have the Boss Lady Lady Meditation Series. If you just go to amandafrancis.com, you'll land on the Boss Lady Meditation Series page and you can opt into a bunch of free meditations. Even if you don't meditate, it's the kind of thing where you can just play them in the background of your life and you'll feel better about life yeah, and about money and about your subconscious while you're taking a walk or a yeah, while you work out. I have, yeah, yeah. If you go to YouTube, I have even more meditations. I have one meditation specifically for walking and working out. That's quite good. And then my podcast is called and she rises and, and she you can rises. find it on iTunes, on iTunes. And, and that's great. all the things. It's great. Thank and you. I also, I just want to say like, you're so my kind of girl and type of person. Uh, you know, I've always had this belief, you know, I learned even like in becoming a dietitian, you know, you want to do uh, like it's called motivational interviewing where you kind of like skirt around the suggestion, but you really want other people, you want your client to say it out loud. And I'm always to like, come up with their own idea. I feel like, they yeah, can but themselves. The, yeah. Right. But at the end of the day, like time is money. Like if I'm not there just throwing at the suggestion for people, like they would lose their minds, you know, cause they're mm-hmm. coming to me cause they would, didn't even think about these things to start. Right. So I also like, I really appreciate it. You know, while we've spoken a lot about your mindset and the meditations and all those things, which, you know, I talk about too, you also provide, like you have courses on, this is how to design a cell page. This is how to grow a social. Oh, totally. I and keep actually it, yeah. give the, the actual takeaways, which I'm like upset. You know, my book also, it's like kind of design the programs design. Like I'm not just telling you, okay, believe in this and deal with this. It's also like you're waking up. This is what you're eating. This is what you're doing. And I love that you also have, you have such a good balance of like, here's the practical stuff and you bundle it that way. So people can, to, can get what they really need when they really need it. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I can, t- yeah, like in Solve Your Soul, it's like, here's how I sell online and I'm phenomenal at it. And Course Creation Queen, it's like, here's literally how to build out and automate your course and like set up your payment and do all the things. Like, I ha- yeah, I have a Become a Coach course. I have all these courses that teach all these different things and they're amazing. I just really understood from the beginning that if I taught all the practical things without addressing the internal state, like I have a master's in counseling, like my background is like understanding how your internal state affects your whole world, you know? So I just understood if I didn't teach the internal state and people just followed like the check the box, check the box, check the box. Right. Like then the they would wonder why they're not successful. Then they would. Right. Have- right. right. So I've always combined both. Yeah. And I really believe in doing so. But yeah. Ah! Thank you. This has been such an honor. I 
I'm like, I'm so excited. Thank you for, like, <laughs> thank you for like having you me. Said, popping my podcast guest, Cherry. It's such an honor to have you on as my first guest. And gosh, just many more. I'm so excited. Yay, just more things. It, hit your goal weight, keep crushing it. And I will. Thanks, love.